in Muslim nations which seem closed to any message about the gospel, people are still finding new life in Jesus. Author John Weaver shares some of the ways Muslims are hearing the good news. You can Google Allah Akbar, which means God is great in Arabic, and you'll get a variety of stuff. Some of it's Christian. Some of it's promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. So sometimes they're fumbling on things, but sometimes they're actually seeking. God's kind of just stirred something in their heart. Sometimes it's dreams and visions. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. We're in our studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma today with John Weaver. John is the author of Inside Afghanistan and A Flame on the Front Lines and his newest book, Najiba. We have had him here before. He is a longtime resident of Afghanistan. Uh, In fact, uh, when 9-11 happened, uh, the U.S. government said all the U.S. citizens should probably leave Afghanistan. Uh, John said, well, God is the one who called me here, so I'll let him decide uh, when it's time for me to leave John, welcome back to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thanks, Todd. Privileged to be here. Thank you so much. We have seen in the news in the last couple of weeks the the news of a peace agreement between the Taliban and the United States. And uh, the way that the news is reporting it, this is going to be less violence in Afghanistan. This is going to mean the U.S. troops are going to come home. You've lived there. You know the situation. You know the different parties that are involved Give us some context to understand what this peace agreement means and and kind of how we should think about it as believers in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Todd. I mean, first I would say as a follower of Jesus, we love peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and we want peace in Afghanistan. God would want that. That would be his will. And Afghans want that. They want peace. Uh, sadly, as listeners know, there had been a civil war going on for years, mostly led by uh, the Taliban. And so then after 9-11, when our government helped form the Afghan government, Taliban didn't accept that. So they still have been trying to continue this uh, civil war uh, since, uh, since 9-11. Yes, it's been less at times, but now in these recent days, it's actually escalated. So our government then trying to work with the Taliban to promote a, a peace deal, we would say is a step in the right direction, but it's a little bit more complicated than just announcing we have a peace deal and signing a couple papers in Qatar. Uh, yes, there were uh, diplomats that were there and there were representatives from the Taliban there. The challenge is how do we implement that? How do we go forward with that? And what does it mean for the current government who doesn't necessarily like the Taliban? Yes. So the listeners might know that Afghanistan just went through another presidential election which sadly, it didn't go very well. Uh, they have at least announced the results, but the results have been disputed. So what, what, what the result is, is that Ashraf Ghani is now, he's the president again, so five more years. But what it means is that Abdul Abdullah, who was his like vice president, who then was running against him, similar to five years ago when John Kerry went and kind of stepped in, 
we, basically, it was deja vu. That's what Afghans have said. It's like, well, it's just a repeat of five years ago. Uh, but the results are that Ashraf Ghani did get over 50%, and so he's now been inaugurated with his cabinet as the president. But Abdul Abdullah is not in his cabinet this year. So that's created a, a rift. It's created a tension. Sadly, it looks like almost a split that you could almost have two governments or another government emerge. And back to your question, none of them really want to merge with the Taliban, which is part of the peace deal is saying, well, the Afghan existing government, the current government, has to make a plan to work with the Taliban and vice versa. And only God knows how and if that could work out. <laughs> so uh, our focus at VOM, obviously, the, the politics of this is fascinating, but our focus is on Christians, especially persecuted Christians. Do you see uh, good news? The peace deal means good things for Christians or not good things? I, I mean, to me, anything that raises the authority of the Taliban is not going to be good for Christians because we know the Taliban does not want the church to grow in Afghanistan. So how does this play into religious freedom and our Christian brothers and sisters there? Yeah, so what we're hearing from our brothers and sisters is kind of a mixed thing, because their hearts for peace. They want peace. I mean, we don't want anybody to be killed. I mean, God doesn't delight in the death of anybody in that, in that sense. So we want ceasefire. We want less, you know, military activity and, and, and things like uh, that. But when you bring the Taliban into the equation, well, then— you hear things like, well, we don't know what they would do if they had a table, you know what I'm saying, a seat at the table of the government. Could be bad news. It could be really? bad news in that sense. That's where we're not exactly sure how, to, how it will play out. One thing we know it does, it stirs up faith. And so in our brothers and sisters, it is stirring up in them, uh, praying for their country. They're already praying for their country, but now something specific that they're praying for. And, and Todd, we know that Jesus is pursuing his bride all over planet Earth. And so we know even in the Taliban, as strange as this might sound, there are people that follow Jesus. There are people who, who Jesus has encountered in, in, in that, in, in all forms of the government in Afghanistan. And so for our local brothers and sisters, it is a mixed, it's a mixed thing. Some of them are from a Pashtun background. Some of them may even have relatives who are connected to either the Taliban or the existing government. And so they want peace. It's just a little bit mixed up in terms of how, how right. this might actually play out. So right now there's many more questions than answers. Ex well, yes, <laughs> yes. Even though yes. You know, the peace deal is now signed, there's still a lot of, okay, how are we going to put this into effect? We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with John Weaver. He is the author of a book called Inside Afghanistan, as well as his latest book, Najiba. We'll give you links at vomradio.net if you want to order a copy of those books. John, what does it look like to be a follower of Christ in Afghanistan? And I think the first question is, how would a Muslim, how would one of those Taliban guys even encounter the gospel, even have something to find out about Christ. But then once they're following him, what does that look like, or, or what are the risks mm -hmm. to them? Yeah. Well, if I'm a Muslim and I have access to the Quran, which is the holy book that the Muslims read, Jesus is actually mentioned in that over 80 times, Isoya Masih, and it's all positive things. So we even hear reports of people who get a little bit interested in Isoi Masih, in Jesus Christ. Just, just by reading the Quran. Just by reading say, the— just, Wait a minute, who is this guy? Who is this guy? <laughs> he's peaceful, and who is this guy? And he's—yeah, I mean, and so he's fascinating. He's, he's a, it's appealing. It's interesting. And um, But along with that, 
because of social media and because of the fact that there are believers now all over the planet, there are people even in very, very difficult places that are encountering a witness because there are people in their proximity that might already be followers of Jesus or they're on their phone and they're Googling something that's religious in nature because they're Muslims and they're religious people. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff on the internet too. Don't misunderstand me. But there's a lot of witness, Mm -hmm. a lot of testimony. Especially for someone who's seeking. Exactly. So if I'm a seeker, I'm interested in spiritual things. I mean, you can Google Allah Akbar, which means God is great in Arabic, and you'll get a variety of stuff. Some of it's Christian. Some of it's promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. So sometimes they're fumbling on things, but sometimes they're actually seeking. God's kind of just stirred something in their heart. Maybe they've seen the hypocrisy around them or the oppression around them or the war around them, and they realize you know, that we, they, they want peace. And so uh, sometimes it's dreams and visions, which we don't always understand what happens before that. But what it means is God is appearing to them in the form of a dream or a vision, sometimes having dreams of someone coming to them in a, like a white figure, uh, not necessarily white, a white person, but meaning just a right. white, glorious, you know, angelic type of white figure, and in uh, giving them some type of message, in this case, revealing to them more about the person of Christ. Sometimes their testimony is, it was Christ, it was Jesus himself coming, saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, you know, follow me. And uh, sometimes it's through travel. So even recently, the peace talk was in Qatar. And, uh, well, there are believers in Qatar. There are registered churches in Qatar. What does church look like for our Afghan brothers and sisters? Because I bet it's a lot different than my church on Sunday morning, your church yes. here in, in Oklahoma. What does it look like to go to church in Afghanistan? Most of the time, it's in someone's house. So meaning this week, one day this week, we're going to come to my house. The visual images were sitting on the floor, and uh, one of us might have an actual copy of the scriptures. If not, one of us has it on our phone. I mean, generally speaking, there's some access to the scripture, and we probably are going to sing some songs. And there are Afghan Christian songs. There are hundreds of them. We might have a meal. Sometimes it's centered around a meal, or a meal is a part of it. Uh, If we're going to have communion that day, then that would be a part of it as well. A lot of what's happening in terms of this discovery Bible studies is it's more of a group discussion. There might be someone leading that discussion, but often everyone can be involved in, in that. And of course, prayer is a big part. It looks like what we would say like a small group, but it's a house church gathering. And in Afghan culture, would that be fairly common? It would be common to have you know, my brother and his kids all come over and we have a meal together. And so if someone's walking by your house, they just think, oh, they have company. I mean, it's not it's not uncommon to have a gathering like that in the culture. Yeah, hospitality is big. And so that's one reason why it appears that this house church movement can spread throughout Afghanistan because it's a natural part of their culture anyway. It's kind of like the way the early church started as well. Sometimes it gets tricky in terms of the gender. So there are some groups where it's just men, Uh and it's just the men getting together. Or there might be some groups, it's just the women getting together. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with John Weaver. He is the author of Inside Afghanistan, A Flame on the Front Lines, and his third book, Najiba, We'll give you links at vomradio.net if you want to order a copy of one of those books. 
John, you mentioned that some of these groups are just women, and, and I, wanted, I want you to unpack that a little bit because, you know, our picture here of Afghan women is uh, the blue burqa covering their face. They seem so oppressed uh, and pressed down on, and yet some of them are our sisters in Christ who are doing amazing ministry— Talk a little bit about how God is using Afghan women mm-hmm. to spread the church. Okay. Yeah, so let's call her Mary. Mary is our sister. And, of course, it would t- take a long time to tell how she became a follower of Jesus. But she's a follower of Jesus. And to honor her husband, to be respectful for her culture, she wears the blue burqa. And now she is going somewhere. Well, her destination this day is a house where there are 10 other women who are gathering. And why are they gathering? Well, it, it depends. It could be a sewing project. It could be a literacy project. It could be a variety of different projects. But her passion is the gospel, the story that's changed her life. So what she would say to this is, incognito, I have my blue burqa. <laughs> I'm wearing my blue burqa. If, if the, the enemies of the gospel want to hunt Mary down— she looks just like every other That's woman exactly walking down right. the street. So That's they're right. going to have a hard time figuring out who she is. That's right. There's thousands of her, millions of her. So Mary's <laughs> leading them in a discovery process where she might start, generally speaking, in the book of Genesis. Where does the Bible start? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And she's taking them step by step over time, over weeks, to a discovery process so that when they get to the stories of Jesus— they have what we call these aha moments. Oh, aha, aha. I've seen now that all the prophets, all the scriptures were pointing to the Messiah, Isoya Masih, that he would come. And Mary is doing this week after week, incognito, with the help of her blue burqa. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in this case, the burqa is a good thing uh, that, that God is using to protect his workers we're talking with John Weaver. He is the author of a book called Najiba. John, there's been an amazing thing that has happened in the church in Afghanistan. When I came to work at VOM 20-plus years ago, uh, we talked about literally a handful of Afghan believers mm-hmm. inside Afghanistan, maybe dozens, definitely not hundreds. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, we talk about believers in Christ in every single one of the 34 provinces of Afghanistan. Obviously, God has done an amazing thing, but do you have other other explanations or, or things that God has particularly used to see what I think we could only call an explosion of the gospel in Afghanistan? Talk a little bit about that and, mm-hmm. and just how you've seen in, in the years you've lived there, mm-hmm. God do this absolutely mind-blowing work. Yeah. Well, I think we would back up over 50 years. Uh, There have been people who have labored and sown and prayed, some of which over the years gave their own lives from various nationalities, even even Afghans as well. Think of Zio Kudrat. He he was a blind man, and he helped spur on the translation of the Bible in, in Dari. And he was a blind person. But that's a whole other story. But I think we, I would go back even before 9-11, but I would make the connection to 9-11 up till now. Think about how millions of believers all over the world have prayed for Afghanistan. And then those that have been there sowing seed, giving their lives, 
You know, Jesus said, let your light so shine before man, they'll see your good work. So there have been, I mean, hundreds of quality, life-giving projects done all throughout and all those 34 different provinces of Afghanistan done by God's people in his name, out of love, to serve the people, to improve their quality of life and uh, that, that service, those acts of kindness. But then alongside that and with that is all the seeds. I mean, Jesus said the, the, the words like a seed. And uh, so seeds have been being planted year after year, year after year. And now the fruit has come. Afghans are now praying from various ethnic groups. They're serving people with love and with compassion and grace. And so it's God's time. The harvest is ready. The harvest is ripe. And so I think it would be a variety of all of that together, along with the fact that God's created them in his image. He loves them. He's pursuing them. And they're dissatisfied with the Islam as they have known it for so many years. And they want life. They want forgiveness. They want mercy. They want peace. And as that stirs up in that environment where there's prayer and there's seeds and there's compassion projects and then the gospel spreading. Talk a little more about the difference because you went to Afghanistan in 1998. Am I? That's correct. Okay. So you go to Afghanistan in 1998. You're an American. In the minds of most Afghans, of course, John is a Christian. He's from America. How is it different for them to hear the gospel from an Afghan as opposed to from John Weaver, who's from America? Yes. Well, it's, I, I like this question. Just a couple, couple things to mention, um, why we're so passionate about Bible translation. The Bible is never a foreigner, and the Amen. Bible never needs a furlough. Yeah, but back to the heart of your question, yes. So I lived on the border in 1998. I didn't actually get into the country to 2000, but I was in that area in 1998. And all of my friends, all of my neighbors, all my coworkers were Muslims. So initially, sharing the gospel with them, it sounds foreign. It looks foreign. It's packaged foreign. Why? Because I'm packaged foreign. Right. I mean, as the messenger, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm Whatever I would want to do to become all things to all people— I'm still John. John I'm still John the American, right? But then you put that with the Word of God being involved in in the picture in their heart language, it takes it to another level. Then you bring into that someone from their own ethnic group speaking their own language, coming from their own Muslim background, saying, yes, I believe this book, and I'm a follower of the author. I'm a follower of Jesus. It takes— some of the foreignness out of it. It takes some of those barriers out of it. It takes some of those maybe misunderstandings or preconceived ideas out of it. And not that the gospel changed itself, but it becomes more appealing. In that moment, it becomes more powerful because of the presentation coming from the messenger. And um, so that's the beauty of what's happening now is that there are people from every nationality working or focusing among Afghans, but Afghans among themselves sharing the, uh, the Word of God, well, then your ears perk right. up. John, as we finish up today, we, we've talked a little bit about the peace agreement. We've talked about what it means to be a follower of Christ and that crucial point when it's, okay, I'm going to tell somebody else I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Help us to know well, what are some key ways that we can pray right now for Afghanistan, the country as a whole, and also specifically for the body of Christ there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's pray for this peace agreement. 
because we don't want violence. I mean, we don't want that. So let, let's pray in, this, in the process of this peace agreement, not only for our own government, if we're from America, but for the Afghan government, for the Taliban, that God's glory and his kingdom, that he would use it for good, for, because governments, God's, he's ordained governments. For the country itself, let's pray for a greater accessibility, as we would say, a greater accessibility to the gospel, through TV, through Bible translation, through the radio, through the witness of God's people. It's kind of like the cry, Lord, hasten the day that your word is available, witness is available, not just in all 34 provinces, but in every village, and in every little town, and every language, every ethnic group, every people group. Because there are still Bible translations needed for yes. some of the languages. So yes. it's not like the Bible's already been translated, we just need to get it in. God needs to call people to be involved in that translation process, too. Exactly. So, yeah, so when we say 34 provinces, that represents dozens of people groups and languages still that don't have a, an active witness and don't have access to scriptures in their, yeah, in their heart language, okay. in their mother tongue. So that's a big prayer. Now, that's happening. It's accelerating. Mm-hmm. But let's pray, God, would you hasten that, accelerate that, spread that up. I mean, then for our local brothers and sisters, it's kind of like, Let's imagine how we would feel, which is hard for us, if we were really in their shoes, and then pray from that. Or how would we want people to pray for us if we were in prison, or if we were facing opposition, or we were only two or three followers of Jesus in our whole town and didn't have all the resources that we have, that they would know God's presence, that they would know God's promises, that they would know God's peace, and that at the right time, with the right people, God would give them boldness to share this good news that's changed their life. And, but then thinking about the diaspora, especially those of you who might know of Afghans that live in countries who have greater accessibility to the gospel, let's, let's reach out to them if we are in proximity to them. Let's encourage them, and let's pray that God would give them ways to even speak back into their family and friends uh, in the country. For Muslims in general, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners— have Muslim co-workers or neighbors, let's acknowledge that God has highlighted the Muslim world right now, brought it front and center to the church, and this is God's time for his harvest among Muslims. And it's our time as a church to rise up to that and fulfill the Great Commission among Muslims, specifically Afghans and Afghanistan as well. Amen. You have been listening to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. If you're just joining us, I want to encourage you, come to vomradio.net. Hear this entire conversation with John Weaver. He has also been our guest previously. We've also had other stories from Afghanistan. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to our conversation with Javed and Loan, who are involved in media ministry reaching into Afghanistan. We have also had an interview with Hanali Gronwald, whose husband Werner and her teenage children were martyred in Afghanistan. She has an amazing story of God's faithfulness, even in the midst of that loss, even in the midst of what we would say is a horrible situation. She saw God's hand at work and his comfort was with her. As we finish out today, John, I want to ask you to pray. We're going to just lead our listeners in a prayer for the nation of Afghanistan. I want to encourage you to join us in prayer right now, but also join us throughout the week in praying for the nation of Afghanistan and be back with us next week as we continue to talk about what God is doing around the world here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. John, as we finish out this week, just lead us in Mm -hmm. prayer for the Mm -hmm. nation of Afghanistan. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we do pray in Jesus' name for Afghanistan. 
Uh, we know that you've created this land, and you know all the 30-plus million people that live there, for you created them in your image, and you love them, and you long for them to know you. And so we, we pray that you would pour out your Spirit in Afghanistan. Lord, we pray specifically for our brothers and sisters, that you would sustain them, that you would bless them and keep them, and cause your face to shine upon them, encourage them. Lord, we pray that you would give them fruit for their labor. We pray for a great harvest you're the Lord of the harvest. We pray for an increase of harvest in all 34 provinces. And Lord, among the people groups that don't have a witness yet, we pray for you to send laborers there, to let your light shine there and bring your harvest there. And Father, as those of us here in America, we do pray for this peace agreement. We pray for, Lord, peace for the country. We pray for wisdom for those that are in authority, that they would lead well and govern well, that you would Reconcile the Taliban with the existing Afghan government. Do miracles, Lord, even in government officials, revealing yourself uh, to them. Lord, bless the listeners today as they listen to this and give us all opportunities in these last days to be salt, to be light, and to share your gospel and to speed up your return in Jesus' name. This is the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.